Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. I want to tell you a true story about somebody, and I want you to guess to see whether or not you know who this person is that I'm describing. And specifically, I'm going to talk about a particular book that this person has published. I'll reveal what this book is in just a minute as well. But let's see, I'll, I'll reveal it for you pretty shortly here in just a minute. So this person published, self-published a book in December of 2012. In that first month, he made about 3,500 sales. The next month after that, a little over 2,000. Month after that, a little over 1,000. The sales continued to sort of dwindle as the months went by, just like many other people who self-published and even traditionally published books. But fast forward to today, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, has then now written the forward to the same book. He is a advocate of everything this person says. This person, this author, has now sold millions of copies of this same exact book with over 3,500 customer reviews on Amazon. He's sold over a half million copies in Brazil alone, became a number one bestseller including all the traditional books in that country. It was a number one bestseller in France and many other countries around the world as well. Who am I talking about? Any ideas? Well, this person, he changed my life. He's been on this show a couple times in episode 140, where we talked about an early morning routine. He came back in episode 367, talking about something called the miracle equation. And if you haven't guessed by now, this is none other than Hal Elrod, author of the very successful Miracle Morning. Now, I'm not here to talk about the Miracle Morning in terms of what is all inside of it and how it can change your life. It definitely changed my life. And I talk about that story in episode 140 where he came on and he gave me a copy of the book and I said, this is ridiculous. I would never wake up this early and now I'm an early morning person and have become more productive than I ever have in my entire life thanks to how He's gone through some amazing near-death experiences, even being dead for nearly eight minutes, coming back to life, and being told he was never going to walk, and then here he is walking. He then recently had undergone a cancer treatment, being diagnosed and and having, I can't remember, but about a 20% chance to live. He survived that. He's now cancer-free. Just an amazing person. But what is also amazing is just how did the Miracle Morning take off, especially after a start? That's much like 
any other start to any other book that, that we see out there to our books. And so in this episode, you're actually gonna hear a behind-the-scenes interview that I had with him that was for a YouTube video, but this is so good, and it reveals so much about how this book itself was positioned in a way for success to ultimately happen. And again, like I said, it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen at the start. It took some time. But we go into the details. I ask a lot of questions to get deeper into exactly how this all works. And it even inspired me to think about what my next book might be. Now, I'm not talking about Super Friends. I'm talking about the book after this that may be structured in a very similar way to hopefully sort of take advantage of some of these things that he has included in The Miracle Morning that, quite honestly, he even says he didn't do on purpose. But you're going to hear it here today with Hal Elrod, the deep inside details about how The Miracle Morning became such a massive success. But first, let's start with the intro. Here we go. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, San Diego will always be his number one home, Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and welcome to session 382 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. My name is Pat Flynn, here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people, too, and to help all of us just understand just how this Miracle Morning phenomenon came to be. We have Hal Elrod, so I'm not going to let you wait any longer. This is an interview that was at a WeWork in San Diego, California. He came in to film. We film this. This is going to live on YouTube as well, if it isn't already there, but I wanted to capture this for you too, because it's just so valuable, and it's going to teach you just stuff that isn't really taught anywhere else. He really spills the beans here, and so here he is, Hal Elrod from The Miracle Morning. You're going to hear a little bit of an echo because it was recorded in a larger conference room, but don't mind that. It is worth it. I promise. Here we go. Hey, everybody. I'm here with my good friend Hal Elrod, author of The Miracle Morning and the new book, The Miracle Equation, and we're here today to talk about books because, Hal, you've sold a lot of books. And I know I'm coming out with some books soon. You might be coming out with some books soon. We're going to dive into Hal's brain to understand like, how have you been so successful with first initially self-publishing The Miracle Morning? How many, how many copies of Miracle Morning have you sold? About 1.7 million. 1.7 million self-published around the world. I think you recently told me that you've sold a half million in Brazil alone. Yeah. So we'll talk about it. I just found that out the other day. I had no idea. Dude, I'm so proud of you. So we'll talk about international as well. But tell me, how have you been able to decide, like how have you been able to crack the code for selling books? There's a lot of great books out there, but none of them, hardly any of them. So this wasn't planned first and foremost, meaning, right? Like, you know, people ask me sometimes, like, did you have this vision for, you know, changing the world and reaching millions of people? And I'm like, I had that vision in a really small way, like, maybe that could happen, but I really doubt it. You know, I think that we all, as human beings, you have doubt and fear and insecurity. And especially when, you know, you check your rearview mirrors, you hear me talk about like, and there's no evidence that you can do what you're trying to do, right? I had never sold any books. So mm-hmm. I, in fact, that's not true. My first book, Taking Life Head On, came out six years before Miracle Morning, and it sold very few copies and didn't go word of mouth. And it, right, so like the good thing about that is the contrast of being like, oh, here's the wrong way to do it, right? Like, here's why that didn't go viral, why it didn't take off. So I can sum all of this up like in one strategy of what makes the Miracle Morning so viral. And when I say viral, like it's important to understand there, there are, so I'm going to tease, I'll get to the, the big key in a second, but, but some of the preliminary stuff, I think it's so important if you're writing a book, launching a business, product, anything, that you're committed over an extended period of time. And that's what the Miracle Equation largely talks about. Like it's got to be over an extended period of time because stuff doesn't happen quickly as you'd like it to. Mm-hmm. So... What's important for people to know is that, and we'll show this graph, right? I have a graph where 
the most authors, the first month that your book comes out, that's your biggest month ever because you leverage every relationship you have. Mom, dad, brothers, friends, like everybody please buy my book, right? And then you sell whatever you sell that first month. And then typically you've exhausted everybody in your platform. And then month two, it drops off and then it just, it just goes into obscurity. So how many did you sell in that first month when Miracle Morning came out? I sold 1,800 copies on, on Amazon, right? Self-published. And then here's the lesson. So I didn't have, so it wasn't like this hit out the gate. It wasn't that I had launched to a big platform. I didn't have a platform and I didn't have any connections to a platform. I didn't have friends with blogs or anything. It wasn't like Tim Ferriss where he's like, he had a hundred bloggers pumping out his stuff on day one. So month one, I sold 1,800 copies. Month two, I sold, I think about 900. Month three, I sold 783. And then 300 and something. And then 182, right? I mean, so yeah, you'll see this graph, right? It just, now, I was committed to essentially the funny part or the interesting thing is the miracle equation is coming out now, but it's how I sold a million copies of the miracle morning. Big picture. It's not the tactical stuff, which we're going to get into, but I was committed. I had unwavering faith that this message could change people's lives. And so therefore I was committed to put forth extraordinary effort in sharing it until, and that is the operative word. I didn't care if it took me 10 years or 30 years or 40 years to reach. And, and the original mission was one million, change one million lives one morning at a time. And that was my target. Now when we got to a million, it was like, okay, we gotta go bigger, you know, and now let's yeah. elevate the consciousness of humanity. But the point is, I was committed to do whatever it took for as long as it took. And so most authors that I meet, they always tell me, that, you know, and then they see this graph that you're gonna see the 18 months to just to get the book sales back to month one. That's what it took 18 months to do, right? And 150 podcast interviews, over 150, over a dozen TV interviews on Good Morning, Sacrament, no big shows. I got on Good Day Houston, good, right? And busting my butt and, and not getting paid for it. You know, the month that I got, sold 183 copies and made 500 bucks or whatever, not, nothing crazy. You know, I was still doing 10, 20 podcast interviews every single week and not getting paid for that time. So this wasn't a blockbuster hit right out of the gate. No. But it's since become that. Yeah. So until one million, and I think this is funny because we, we write books and we know a lot of authors. After that initial push, it's like, okay, I did my job there. Like, let's get ready for book number two. So in addition to a bunch of podcast interviews and the smaller TV spots, what else did you do during that time to start seeing it ramp up again? So the main thing was podcast interviews. And I did the TV as kind of an experiment to try. And I paid like, you know, 10 grand to go to this seminar thing where they introduce you to producers and you met network and get on TV. And Is right. it worth it? No. It will, I won't say no. Let me, I, I answered that fast. The initial ROI, definitely not worth it. The, the, being on TV did not move the needle for books and, if, and, and, and being on podcast did. In fact, I think you know this. I don't know if you know this, but your podcast was the tipping point. That is where we went from, we got to 1800 copies after 18 months. Yeah, 18 months, 1800 copies. And then we went to like 2000, right? And then when we were on your show, we went from like, we were at 2800 and we went over 5000 the next month. And yeah, which I'm, you hold a special place well, in my heart, I mean, thank you for that. But the strategy isn't get on Pat Flynn's show. No, right? no, 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 of course. Yeah. What, what, how would you distill that strategy? So let me back up to writing the book. So if you have already written a book, you need to, well, if you're traditionally published, that's one of the tough parts about being traditionally published. You're kind of stuck with your book. You're locked in. With a self-published book, I've updated this probably three times now. I've, I go to Amazon, I read all the one-star, two-star, three-star reviews, and I look for common themes and I go, okay, where did I miss the boat on the, where did I not resonate? Where did I turn people off? And then I go rewrite the book once a year and I change it and I republish it. So go ahead. You want to so, no, I'm just saying you're okay. making it better. This is good. Making it better. But, but here, so here's the point. The way you sell 1.7 million copies of your book has more to do with how you write the book than it does the marketing. This is the secret, okay? 
this is the key, the number one key, and we can talk about lots of things, but this is the number one foundational fundamental key. Your book needs to change someone's behavior in a meaningful way and change their consistent behavior. So think about most books, they don't change behavior, they only shift your thinking. And while you're reading the book, you're thinking, we've all been there, right? Where you're going, oh, that's I never thought of life that way. Brilliant. And then maybe you're telling a friend that day, one day, because you're like, dude, I'm reading this book because of the emotional response. It's a, you got to read this. Right. So word of mouth will happen for the three weeks that you're reading the book. As soon as we're done reading a book, what do we usually do with the information in that book? We usually do very little. And our first action after reading a book is to start another book. Mm-hmm. And now our brain space is occupied with all of that knowledge in the new book, and we're forgetting about the old book, and we repeat that path. We come in, in Miracle Equation, it's what I call personal development junkie, right? You become a personal development junkie where you think that the knowledge is improving your life, yeah. but it's it's the applied knowledge, as we know, right? I, I heard life. this term the other day, I think Shalene Johnson, I can't remember who said it, but it was procrastinating. Which I I really love. And it's funny that you mentioned that because we authors who write book after book after book are kind of leading that cause of having our readers go from book to book to book. Sure. Right. Yeah. So how did you design this book to do the opposite? So the, uh, and and let me say this too, by the way, I did not write this book again with the intention of it being some bestseller, with it being a movement. I did not write it. Most of the things that I'm about to share with you, I did accidentally, intuitively. I mean, there's a few things I did on purpose, you know, that I look back and I'm like, oh, that actually worked. But for the most part, it wasn't until the book took off like crazy. And I went and I reverse engineered it. I'm like, okay, what, like, let me, and I reread my own book and I'm like dissecting, like, what is it that, and then I surveyed my audience. I'm like, why do you share that? Right. So I mean, I really found out and behavior change was the number one thing. And again, a book shifts your thinking. It's temporary. Our brains are short. Our memories are short. We forget we're onto a new book. But if it, if it changes your behavior by instilling some sort of routine or ritual, ideally daily, but it could be week. Let's say you write a book on, on marriage or dating, right? Marriage, let's say marriage. And you give your couples that are reading the book a daily journaling ritual where they write what they're grateful for about each other, right? Or a weekly date night that's really unique and fun. And you give them actually like a series of questions that they can print off as a hand, hand, which is as a handout, which is another big bonus on having downloads and how that we're now up to, I'll just tease this. But we get 43,000 opt-ins, new opt-ins every single month from not a Facebook headline of someone that doesn't deeply know me, people that are reading the book and they want to get the bonuses. So 43,000 opt-ins a month, and that grows every month. Where are those call to actions? In the book itself? Yeah, so let's just we'll okay. dive right into that. Okay, no, okay. We can come back to Let's Let's go Keep back ready. to the book and the behavioral change. We'll get into that yes. call to action. Yes, yes, thank office. you. So behavioral change, like for those who don't know the Miracle Morning, how would you describe the behavioral change that you're, you're giving? So the Miracle Morning, and I have some people, when I say this, they're like, well, raise their hand and go, yeah, but your book is literally be like, you're giving people a daily ritual. Like my book is on starting a business or my book is on, it's not on like a daily, you're, you're literally, your book's about a daily ritual, right? So, but the Miracle Morning, so it changes people's behavior in a meaningful way daily. So they're doing this thing. So think about it. You're the per- you do the Miracle Morning and it's been, you've read it six years ago or something. Yeah. So you think about it. When people leave a dinner party early, as most Miracle Morning fanatical practitioners do, and they're like, dude, why, it's only nine o'clock or eight o'clock. Why are you leaving? And be like, oh, I got to do, get a, I do a thing called Miracle Morning. They might have read the book three years ago but it's part of their daily life and it's still adding value to their life. So they're still talking about it with other people. And the year that I had cancer, 
and I was fighting for my life in a hospital for really the whole year. I, the year before that, I did, you know, like 60 podcast interviews. And then I did zero podcast interviews. And we sold 131,000 the year I did my busted my butt to market it. And we sold 1,000 less copy, basically the same amount, 130,000 with zero marketing, no Facebook ads, no nothing. It's the embedded marketing of behavior change that people go out and talk about. But it had that kickstart from all the hard work you did. No, completely. Which which was necessary. Yeah, I mean, at that point, I had done well over 200 podcast interviews. Right, but as soon as it started to get spread and people behaved differently, and, you know, there's there's some things in here that are really great, too, that I, I know are baked into the marketing aspect of this book as well. The behavioral change and other people being curious about that behavioral change, like you said, well, what is Miracle Morning? First of all, you give it a good name that sure. people can describe the whole thing. Great so curiosity, that's, yeah. Right. But also the idea that people can do that in a single day and have a change in a, in a, in a quick win. Yeah, I learned that from you, a quick win. Yeah, yeah. quick win. And it's funny because I have a book called Will It Fly, which is not a quick win. There are some quick wins in there, especially sure. in the beginning of the book. So yeah, I follow yeah. my own advice. Yeah. But it's not a miracle morning where a person can go, I did this and look at the results I got right away. The will it fly sort of strategy takes, you know, a week or two to get to a point where you are now constructively building your business and validating your test and testing your, your business ideas. Whereas miracle morning is just like, boom, it almost reminds me of Mel Robbins book, five, five second, second rule. Because sure. literally you just count down from five. And yeah, yeah, and, that's, that's, that's the fastest that's, win you can get. Yeah. I mean, it's funny with these books that, that are like viral in a sense. To me, it almost seems like just the subject matter is quite easy to distill. Wake up early, count down from five when you need to do something that you know you need to do. There was another book, I can't remember the name of it. We'll pop it on the screen here. It's by a Navy SEAL or, or somebody in the Navy who just talks about making your bed in the morning. Yeah. Like that's the one thing you need to do that stacks kind of the things that you do every day and accomplishing more and more and more. I mean, the Miracle Morning could be literally a page. Yeah, it could. Yeah. But tell us why it's not a page and why, for those of us who have these great ideas and behavioral changes that we could offer our audience, why not just a blog post or a video? Why a whole book and how does the book actually support that? So here's the thing, right, is that you want to, like, you want people to actually change their life, right? And, and the longer someone spends with an idea, first of all, the more it becomes ingrained, the like, more likely they are to change their life, right? You know, I, I don't know a metric on this, but I, I, I don't know how many blog posts change the life because you, you spend five minutes with it. Right. That means it's, it takes five minutes of your time and then you go back to your regular life. So there, the value of a book, when done well, and Mel Robbins, five second rule, well, let's dissect that for a second. It's a great example because it's called the five second rule. That's the concept that she teaches in the book. And it literally takes about that much time to explain what it is, right? Okay. You want to do something instead of letting your fear and self-doubt override you. You count on five, four, three, two, one, and you do it. And then you are reprogramming yourself to take action, right? I just explained it. Now, you know, I would imagine if we took a thousand people and I gave that five-second explanation, and then we, we, we measured six months later how many of them were still living the five-second world, probably wouldn't be very many. But Mel Robbins' book has sold millions of copies because she took a simple concept and she built context around it so that the reader could, A, understand it very deeply through all sorts of stories and analogies, right? You really need to get it. And here's the thing, you could be reading a book and be like, ah, I kind of get it, you know, chapter one, yeah, two, I'm not sure. It might be the story in chapter three or the real life example of someone that you connect with and relate to. You're like, oh, that's why that can't be done in a blog post. Right, or maybe you're more of a science-y, logical yeah. person, so then... She dives into the science behind that. And then you go, oh, well, that's my trigger to yep. start doing that. And she does a big part, you know, for her, I really like what she did where she, for testimonials and, and like 
case studies, she took, you know, she had taught the five second rule for years and she took screenshots of all these, you know, social media posts of saying how people use it in their life. So yeah, when you're every one of those you read reinforces, if it worked for them, it could work for me. If it worked for them, it could work for me. And then, oh, the way it worked for them, that applies to me, right? And so, so that's it. And I always say with the new book, with the miracle equation, we need to show a little more. It's really pretty cover. Um, (laughs) With the miracle equation, I, I, you know, I, I said this to you before, it's, it's deceptively simple in its explanation. Like if I just told you what the two decisions are, it would add no value to your life. But uh, so I created the miracle equation when I was 20 years old, you know, as a concept, and I've lived it for 19 years, and it's how I beat cancer, and it's how I learned to walk, and it's how I sold a million copies of Miracle Morning. Um, it's made of two really simple decisions, develop unwavering faith and put forth extraordinary effort. So if you hear that, you're like, yeah, I know, I'm supposed to believe in myself and believe I can do it and work hard. Great. Thanks, author. Right. Like that doesn't work. But when you read this book, because here's the thing, we don't need more information. We need methods for implementation. Right. And so that anyway, so that's what that book was. It was, it was like, it's like, OK, well, here's two decisions that take me five seconds to explain. But do you want to understand them or do you want to understand how to integrate, implement and sustain them for the rest of your life? So you create everything that you want. Got it. That's why you need to spend a little more time with it. And that's why the Miracle Morning, I believe, works really well, because you've distilled this idea of waking up, not just wake up early, but the why behind it, but also a structure, the savers. And that was really smart, too. Hugely important. Hugely important, because people can now easily share that with their friends and other people and then go get the book. The other part about this that I like, it's not super thick. Like, it doesn't take me more than a day to read this. Yeah, 142,000 words, 142 pages. Uh, and I will say with my new book, it's a little over 200 pages. And I honestly was like, ah, probably we could have made it 50 pages, although they did double spacing and stuff. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, but I do think shorter is better. I will say that. Like I would honestly, I think, uh, A, if it's not broken, don't fix it, right? 150 page book to me is kind of a nice little sweet spot where yeah. people can, yeah, the, again, a quick win. The longer the book, statistically, the less likely they are to read it. That's a fact. The less likely they are to finish it and the less likely they are to start it. That those, those, you know, I don't have the, you know, link, link all the studies. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll put all the links below and yeah. the fact that I haven't finished more than yet <laughs> yeah. uh, as well. Um, okay, so let's talk all about right. the book and the people who read the book and how they help push the book out as well. You've built in these, these strategies, but you've built a Facebook group and a community. Yeah. You have the opt-ins that people can have and download, and, and that's growing your community as well. Let's talk about that really yeah. quick since you brought that up earlier. Tell me exactly how you get people who read this book on your email list, and then what do you do with them? Yeah, the secret to getting opt-ins, and, and I was at a, I was at a, or Arch- Archangel Academy, actually, I was at an event, and uh, we were, I was part of an author panel, and there was a, like, a, a publisher there, and they go, what's the average, you know, opt-in rate for when you give bonuses in a book? And she goes, our authors average about 8 to 12% opt-in rate, and, like, I didn't want, I felt bad to raise my hand, and, like, I'm like, we get 82% opt-in rate of every 10 82. people that read our book, 8.2 of them opt in. And she was like, she like, you know, glaring at me. I'm like, I, I, I just got to tell you guys, you know, yeah. and, uh, and here's how there, here's my theory and kind of, you know, as much as I can distill why that is. So in the book, there are, there's not one bonus. There are five different bonuses, different, bonuses. different bonuses. Okay. All of them are available at the same URL, tmmbook.com. So if you want to opt in and model the opt-in page, model the funnel, model the bonus, I mean, you model it all tmmbook.com. So one URL for the bonuses, five different bonuses that are all highly relevant 
to what they're reading at the time. So for example, when they get to the chapter on affirmations, right? And I debunk how affirmations have been taught by most self-help pioneers as this really fluffy, flowery, I am amazing. They don't work that way, right? Like here's how you create affirmations that produce results. So people are like, oh, this is great. And then I say, hey, if you want to download, you know, like my miracle morning affirmations, whatever, you know, you can go here. And then I go, and as a bonus, I decided to include my personal, this is like a little ninja bonus tip, my personal affirmations that I used the year I write, wrote this book to write a book that had been on my goal list for six years. If you have any goals on your list that you've pushed off for any reason, that affirmation might really help you. But so you think about it as the, every author should do that. Every author should give as many peek behind the curtains as possible. If, right? If I'm a reader and I'm loving the book and I'm like, dude, I can, I can download his personal affirmations and I tell him it, they're not just for this book. It's my affirmations for my health, for my parenting. They're all there, right? So that's one bonus. So again, if you're reading the affirmations chapter, you're sold on affirmations. Why wouldn't I go download the, the example affirmations that I can learn from a model, right? But let's say you're like, eh, I don't care about affirmations. But then you keep reading and then you get to the chapter on journaling. And it's like, hey, want to download a free sample of the Miracle Equa or Miracle Morning Journal that you can utilize for an entire week, right? You know, and, and test it out and see if you like it. They're, wow, journaling, it's free. It's, it's okay. But that's like, eh, I don't want it. Here's the point. By the time they get to the end of the book, they've been given five, you know, offers for five relevant, valuable bonuses, not cheesy, to where I always say, if you haven't gotten opt-in by that time, either your book sucks or your bonuses suck. Mm. Because, right, and, it, and it's the whole, when I was in sales at 19, we learned the average sale is made like right between the third and the fifth time it's asked for, I think. You know, so I'm, so I don't remember the exact number, but, but right, because you ask someone, and here's the thing, when you, and here's a little psych, like bonus advanced sales psychology. When you ask someone to make a purchase with you, you are giving them an opportunity to consider something that they may have never considered in their entire life, right? Mm -hmm. And it involves parting with money for something they've never given any thought to. So they're going, hmm, now they're considering it right? But there may be, well, I don't know if it's the right decision for me. When you ask again, you're giving an opportunity to revisit something they've now considered and you're moving them closer to it being a yes, right? So that's the idea of why you have to ask multiple times. So by the time you get to the third or fourth bonus, they're like, if they haven't opted in yet, they're going to opt in, right? Maybe they didn't opt in even because they're just like, in the, they're like loving the book, yeah. right? But either way, you got to give them multiple points to go and opt in. Love that. And then your Facebook group, tell me how that helps. So that was an 11th hour decision from a friend. Very miraculous. I mean, it was, you know, one of those where I was, I sent uh, a handful of my friends, the finished man or almost finished manuscript, like a week, you know, a few weeks before the book was going to go to print. I was like, Hey, will you please read this? Like, I'll pay you to read it. Like, I want you to actually read the whole thing and give me thoughtful feedback. You know, I'm so important. And one, John Broman, our friend said, he emailed back and he said, Hey, do you have any kind of like online forum or group that people are going to be able to connect about their practice. And I was like, no. He said, well, you know, think about it. It's pretty lonely. Like they're going to be up an hour earlier than normal or 30 minutes earlier. Their rest of the family probably still sleep in. Their roommates are sleeping. And it's really easy if it gets tough for that initial, you know, excitement wears off. And this is true for everyone's book, right? I mean, especially if you're giving behavior change because they're going to need people that can, hey, how's it working for you? Are you trying this? What do you, what's working? What's not? Hey, I got a tip. This is what, right? And so I was like, that's a brilliant idea. And I was like, maybe I'll get like Tajabi or something and set up a little community. He said, Hal, if I were you, and this is going to be an important thing because I'm doing it differently now. We talked about this today. Yeah. But he said, if I were you, I would use Facebook groups. And this was 2012. So they're you know, different back then. But he said, because don't give people another place to log in. They're already on Facebook. They're already getting notifications on their phone. You, you, why would you 
you know, make them log somewhere else. And right, he goes, plus Facebook's probably pretty smart at the way they create the functionality in the group so that people can interact, blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right. So we started a Facebook group with like five people, me, mom, dad, sister, and my buddy, John. And I didn't, you know, I just did it because it was like, yeah, that's a smart idea. Um, there are now over 200,000 people in that Facebook group from over 100 countries. I've never, I don't market it. Well, I, I take that back, but I don't like Facebook at it. It's just in the book, in the be- and this is a ninja tip. In the beginning of the book, so in the table of contents, I don't know if you can see this, but it says a special invitation, the Miracle Morning community. And if they go to the next page, right, it, it is, it basically sells them, if you will, on the Miracle Morning community on, hey, this is, I created this so people could connect and it's become one of the most inspired online communities in the world. Again, self-publishing, I was able to edit it once it actually became a deal, yeah, yeah. you know, and now, and I was able to go from, you know, check out this community. It might be cool. I have no idea. I just made it right mm-hmm. to now there's 5,000 people in here helping each other. Now there's 15, you know, it just, it just kept growing. Um, but here's the ninja trick, the little bonus trick. And I added this in my second rewrite. It says a special invitation in the pre-material. At the end, it says a special invitation, exactly the same, but it says in parentheses, in case you missed it the first time. Okay. And my theory was, I'm like, that's going to make someone go take up notice and go, oh, wait, it's in your tw- like." That must be important. Mm. So where a lot of people don't read pre and post material, that created more of a reason to do so. And so everyone from that group is reading the book. They come opt in. The tagline is 150, we end up it again, 150,000 people who wake up every day and support each other. And that's the general idea of what I believe your Facebook community should be. And if you want to give a format, you can give like, hey, go in there and share, you know, if you have a win, share your win. If you have a give, something you want to help somebody with, or if you have an ask, right? So win, give, ask, is a, or ask, ask, give, win is a great kind of model that other, you know, Dave, Jason Gignard and these guys do that. Now, and also something that I did not do that if I were you, I would do is there should be a welcome video from you. So that's really key. It, it connects the reader to you. They we went from the book to seeing you in person, hearing your voice. There's an intimate connection now, right? So there should be a video from you, which so I don't even on have. On the Facebook group. On the Facebook group at the top, the pinned post, top. yeah, okay. that says, welcome to the Facebook group. Yeah. Do you have a video on the landing page for your bonuses? I have an aversion to video. I actually, I, don't, I have no aversion to talking. And actually, I've, I've gotten over it. I've had to do some major work in the last, so I'm now doing way more videos. But for the last five years, I can get on stage and talk to 10,000 people, no problem. Holding my phone and talking to it, I go, um, uh, uh, uh well, uh, yeah. So, you know, so that's why, literally, that's why there's no video on the thank you page. And that, and it just shows if there was, I'd probably convert even better, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So this started out self-published. Yeah. And when did it become traditionally published? It's still self-published in the U.S. And it's traditionally published in 35 other countries now. We just signed a country that I have never heard of. It's like Guadalajara or something. I don't even know. But so, yes, yeah, in 35 countries. So I went to a dinner. I was invited to a, an entrepreneurial dinner. I think the Miracle Morning had sold about 40,000 copies at that point, maybe 100, but I think it was like, I think it was 40,000. Very respectable still. Yeah, I mean, it was still respectable. And, uh, and this dinner was, uh, John Asraf was sitting over here. Mike Koenigs was here. John Lee Dumas was here. There was all these really big players, you know, and I remember my wife called me and I like went into the restroom and she's like, how's the dinner going? I'm like, I don't know how the hell I got into this. <laughs> like, there are some legit legends sitting around this table, you know? And she's like, you're a legend, sweetie. I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> but uh, so Mike Koenigs and I struck up a conversation, started talking about books. And he said, Hal, do you want to be, uh, or have you thought about leveraging, like 40,000 is a lot of books. He said, you could get a, I bet I'd get a traditional publishing deal. I said, I'd love that. I think that's how I can reach more people with Miracle Morning with this book. I don't have an agent. I don't even know where to begin, really. He goes, I have the best agent in the world. I'll connect you. So he connected us. I was really nervous that, you know, she wouldn't, whatever. She picked me up. We, we met with 13 New York publishers. 
we got nine offers and I just, I'll be very transparent, right? So the top two offers were for $250,000 advances. They wanted the rights to the book, right? They were going to turn it into just, they were going to take the exact book and just publish it themselves, mm-hmm. keep all my royalties and my rights. And so they offered 250000 Those are the top two offers. I did the math. And as a self-published author, I earned about 70% on this book. And I was selling about, I think we were up to 10,000 copies a month. So it was earning like, I don't even know, $40,000 a month or something, right? And so I you know, did the math and I'm like, all right, that'd be a really great check to get in the mail. And then I would regret it for the rest of my life, yeah. right? And let me pause by saying this. When I first wrote The Miracle Morning, when I was writing it, I'm like, I believed, like many of us, this was before self-publishing wasn't as prevalent. I was like, I, I have to find a publisher, right? So I hired a woman. I paid her like $3,000, $6,000. She was one of the best book proposal writers. And we wrote a proposal, spent six months researching. It was a 35-page proposal. And during that time, I did enough self-research to go, wait, I think self-publishing is a better option for me and 99% of authors. And here's the reason. I realized that, okay, so if I go traditional, they keep most of my royalties, right? I would get like 8 to 12% instead of 70%. Mm-hmm. They will keep all the rights to my book most likely. So I don't know. Basically, I have no, unless you have a big platform with a million people on your list or a hundred thousand people on your email list, you have no leverage of the publisher. They don't care about your, that's where authors get mixed up. I have the best idea. Nobody gives a crap about your idea. Everybody has, there's a million ideas out there. They only care about your ability to sell books. That's because they're a business and they're giving you an advance for ROI. They want to make money. So I came to the conclusion, I have to self-publish. And I said, and I basically the miracle equation came into play. I have unwavering faith that this book can change the world. I am committed to putting forth extraordinary effort until it does, no matter what. There's no other option. It doesn't matter how long it takes, right? And and here was my theory, Pat. And it was a full-on Hail Mary. It was like I had no clue, no basis of speaking, but I thought, but it just to me, it, it was the only thing that made sense. I went, I'm gonna promote this. I will put my heart and soul into it for as long as it takes until publishers take notice and they come knocking on my door and they're like, this miracle morning book, like. It's everywhere. It's selling a lot of copies, but I had, I had, it was just a Hail Mary. I had no idea. It was unwavering faith, right? And so that's what happened, right? Is I met, I went with these publishers. I got the advance, the offers and I turned them all down. And this is a tip though for, and you're a, you're an example of this. I introduced to my agent. You are now published traditionally. I mean, self-published in the U.S., right? Traditional in the, in overseas. Mm-hmm. And so this is this hybrid publishing model that most people don't really know about. I didn't know about it. So when I, turned down all the offers, my agent came back and said, our foreign rights department would really think this book will sell well overseas. And I'm like, how does that work? Like, what does that mean? They go, she said, you keep all your rights in the US, which is where I sell 98% of my books or whatever. And you get foreign deals and they translate it. They put it, they'll put it in traditional bookstores in their country, in airports and train stations, you know? And I'm like, okay, so what do I lose, what do I lose out on by doing this? She's like, Nothing. Nothing. You yeah. just keep all your royalties and get more if the any countries. It's an add-on, basically. Yeah, it's an add-on. I'm like, so it's, I, I'm like, I feel like it's a little too good to be true, but okay. And then that, and that was, and all of a sudden, an offer comes in for you know three thousand dollar advance for Russia, and then a six thousand dollar advance for you know, and then a sixty thousand dollar advance from. I mean, they just they just kept coming, and it's been an extraordinarily lucrative. Plus, the Brazil thing just happened where I went down there and the, you know number one in Brazil and all that. Yeah, and you were number one in France as well. Number one in Korea. Number one in Brazil. Number six in France, number six in the UK. Those are the top four. And it's because this idea of the American morning is a worldwide sort of phenomenon it's, now. It's universal. Yeah, I mean, well, the concept's universal. And that's the thing that I, that I, that was my theory again with the publishers is like the book didn't take off in other countries very quickly. Cause again, I didn't have, nobody had a platform out there to launch it. They were just putting it in the bookstores or whatever. But it was, I'm like, I would tell my agents, I go, look, I go, let's be patient uh-huh. because if, you know, all it is is another language, but it's the same exact book. I go, 
Based on what happened in the U.S., I think it's it'll hit a tipping. It's a matter of time. It'll just start to gain traction. Word of mouth will if people will be doing it. Their behavior's better. They're telling other people about it, and that's sure enough. It just like it came out in Brazil three or four years ago. It hit number one for the first time ever last week. It's word of mouth. And I know along the way you've had some help promotionally from some celebrities, which I know was a big surprise to you. I remember when only in Brazil, to be clear. Only in Brazil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's didn't, how it took off. Didn't Robert Kiyosaki? Okay, no, yeah, you're right. Counts that counts. Yes, yeah, Robert Kiyosaki. Yes. And then let me and let me say how this happened, right? So this is, you know, like I I think I've, I've said to you, like I I feel so blessed, so fortunate, so lucky. You know, I know I've worked hard, and and I think the adage you the harder you work, the luckier you get is true. You know, that's when the miracles happen. Like it's you can't predict the miracles. So I was at a, but you have to put yourself out there and you have to go, you know, and you just, you just go, you know, you don't do what most authors do, which is promote hard for a month and then move to the next squirrel, the next rabbit, chase the next thing, right? Like I have every author that when I tell my story, they're like, dude, I only promoted my book hard for a month and then I went on to something else. If I would have promoted it for 18 months like you did, I wonder what would have happened. So don't wonder, promote it and do 10 podcast interviews, 20 weeks. And by the way, when I started, I knew no podcasters. So here's how I reach, and you might have, you're the podcast that you're a guru on this. The way I reach out to podcasters is I went to the, this is my strategy that I did and I teach it. I went to New and Noteworthy on iTunes and I scrolled down to the lowest performing New and Noteworthy podcast on all of iTunes in the categories that matter. I went to their website. I reached out to them and here's why. They're a new podcast, which means they're not being inundated like Pat Flynn with hundreds of requests every week to be on your show because they're new. Nobody knows about them yet, right? However, they're getting traction. So I thought they're not, be- so that to me was like the perfect storm. So that's who I hit up mm. and I got on, you know, and it was a numbers game. I'd reach out to 20 of them and three would respond and I'd get on two or whatever. And then I just, and every time I got on to use my direct sales training, at the end I said, hey, thank you so much. I'm really trying to get this, me- I hope that was good for you. I'm trying to get this message out. I hope that adds value for your audience. Do you know any other podcast that you could introduce me to? Like I continue like a quick blurb, a paragraph to copy and paste and just send an email intro that, that this would be a good fit for. And they're like, they almost, you know, most would say yes. Mm-hmm. And I would make it easy for them. I'd say, here you go. And it would say, Hal Elrod was just on my show and he said, right? And they could copy and paste that. And that's how, and I kept doing the new and noteworthy thing, but I also went after referrals and I would do anyone's show. And I just, and that's what I did. And then finally it led to a bigger and a bigger and a bigger podcast. And each one gave me more credibility. So that's one. With the Robert Kiyosaki thing, any questions on that? No, keep going. Okay. So the Robert Kiyosaki, I was speaking at an event called Go Abundance. It's one of my favorite, it's a mastermind that I'm part of. And I joined it after I spoke there. It's a men's mastermind, Go Abundance. And Robert Kiyosaki was the keynote speaker. And I was his warm-up act, right? And afterwards, I got in the elders, the founders of Go Abundance invited me to have dinner with them and Robert. And so I had a copy of Miracle Morning, of course, in my bag, like I always do. And I signed it for Robert, wrote a nice note that his book is one of my, it's one of my favorite financial books of all time, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And uh, wrote him a note. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, I think I, I remember being at the table, I think it was on my lap, or in my, it was in my bag. But basically, I was like debating, I'm like, I had Googled his net worth beforehand. I was just curious, like, you know, it was 80 million. I'm like, he's not going to read my little self-published book. He's not looking for a book on how to be successful, <laughs> you know? And then it was the whole... You miss all the shots you don't take. So I'm like, I have nothing to lose. I'm going to hand him the book. I'm going to tell him his work's meant a lot to me. That's it. So I did that thinking he'll probably never read it, but miss all the shots you don't take. I'll take one. Three weeks later, I get an email from his assistant and she says, Robert has read The Miracle Morning three times in the last three weeks. He had his wife read it too. They're doing it together almost every day. It is changing their lives. And he wants to interview you on Rich Dad Radio. And I'm like, (laughs) 
And I and the funny part is I, I'm like, you know, you get exciting news, you want to share it. Yeah. So I go down, I'm like, Ursula, to my wife, Ursula, Robert Kiyosaki. Da, 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 and this is like, this is crazy. She's like, this is Robert Kiyosaki. I'm like, damn it, it's no fun to share stuff. You don't know what I'm you're not in the same space as me. But uh, so I went on Rich Dad Radio and he, I mean, it was like I paid him a million dollars to sell my book the entire I mean, he was so passionate. Yeah. And now that was four years or five years ago. He talks about it in every single speech he gives. I, I get emails from South Africa. Hey, I was in the audience in South Africa and Robert said your book changed his life and we need to get it. And it's in his new book. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. That's crazy. So fast forward to today, you're still promoting the book. And obviously you're promoting this one as well, but obviously this isn't just a one and done promotion. No, the first time you launch it, you, it's you practice what you're preaching right now. Yeah. For sure. And here's the beauty. I'm not promoting. I mean, I mean, I am promoting, you know, but there are hundreds of thousands of people that are doing it because it changed their behavior every day, right? And they're promoting it, but yeah. Right. But which, yes, I am promoting Which it. goes back to the discussion earlier exactly. about how important the book and the behavioral changes it offers is. Yeah. Any other ninja things that you, do, you were doing to help get these? The yeah, way? and I want to go back to the content. You have to have a framework that is memorable for people to implement. And this is my wife gets all the credit for this. If it wasn't for my wife, first of all, she named it the Miracle Morning. Um, second of all, she created the framework, which is called the Savers. She didn't create the framework. She created the, the name. And here's what I mean. I had six practices that made up the Miracle Morning. And the idea was taking the six most timeless, proven personal development practices in the history of humanity. And instead of picking one of them, most people like they'll meditate or they'll read or they'll journal or they'll do. I, I thought, what if I did all of these? That'd be the ultimate morning ritual. And therefore, I should receive the ultimate benefit because I'm benefiting from all these things and each one's life-changing. So that was the that was the idea. But they were six random hodgepodge practices that didn't have any way to, I mean, they didn't fit in any way. They weren't connected in any way, really. I didn't invent any of them. So it's not like, oh, this is the first time, you know, it's like, yeah, you're telling us to do six things that we've heard about before. Yeah. And so one day I was writing the book frustrated with trying to figure this out. And I, I literally can picture, I met my wife and I crossed paths in the hallway and she's like, hey, sweetie, how's it going? I'm like, I'm frustrated. And she's like, what? I'm like, I don't know, I guess it's writer's block, but I said, all these authors have a framework that makes their content where it's like, you can remember it, you can talk about it, you can share it, you can implement it. I said, Stephen Covey has the seven habits of highly effective people. Robert Kiyosaki has the cash flow quadrant. I've got these six hodgepodge practices that have no rhyme or reason that I didn't invent. I don't know what to do. She goes, and you can take this exact same strategy. She said, why don't you get a, go to the thesaurus and see if there's other words that would replace some of the words that are in these six things and see if you could form an acronym so it would fit together and people could remember it. Kissed her on the face. I'm like, that's interesting. And so let me go through the six practices real quick, right? The, uh, how they were and how they are. Okay. Originally, it was meditation, affirmation, so M-A, visualization, V, exercise, E, reading, R, journaling, J. Maver J. Maver J. It's Maver J. And I literally was like, I'm like, maybe it's called the Maver J strategy. You know? <laughs> that was literally part of my notes. What if? Wow. Went, oh my God. And so, uh, and if I would have done that, or even just put the six things in without the, I can, I, I, my bet is, it, and not, and not just my bet, my bet is from feedback. So here's what it became. Meditation became silence, which I actually like because some people, they want to pray for their silence in the morning, right? So, or do both. Journaling became scribing, right? Which, uh, as JP, my friend JP Sears, the comedian says, is a pretentious word for writing. <laughs> so, so it became the savers and then it became longer in the book, the lifesavers. And here's the deal. Number one is 
the, the meaning, I go, these are literally the six practices that are virtually guaranteed to save us, you, me, from missing out on the life that we want to live. Like, if you do these every day, they will save you from missing out on your full potential, right? So it's like, the acronym is beautifully like, ah, perfect. And then, but the second thing is, people can just, it's in their head, savers, they're like, all right, silence. All right, affirmations, visualization, right? They just run through it. And, and here's where the audience affirming it. When you go into the Miracle Morning community on Facebook, you go into the Facebook group, um, we've done searches for this. The term savers shows up more often than the term miracle morning. Wow. So people are going in, hey, I'm ki- you know, having uh, loving my savers, or hey, I'm having trouble with the A in savers. How do you guys do your affirmate, right? So that's the act. The miracle morning is the entire concept. It involves in the book, I teach you how to wake up early if you're not a morning person. What to do, we- first it's, why to wake up early? That's the, that, and that's a, this is here's an important framework for your book. Why should they do what you are telling them to do? Right? Like, how is it going to radically transform their life? And that's where, like, Mel Robbins' book. Can you give examples? Can you give real? And if it's nobody else's story, it's your story, right? That, and that's was, and when I wrote the book, there were not that many. I mean, there were some testimonials because I was teaching it here and there, but it was mostly my story. Is like, look at how this changed my life. It could change your life, right? So that's the why. So that gets people convinced. Like, okay, I'm going to read the rest of this book. Because I see that if I do, this is the outcome that's possible for me, mm-hmm. okay? Number two is, okay, well, for me, it was the how. It was like, but I'm not a more, I knew the, obje- you gotta think of, you have to think, what's your objection? What's your audience's roadblocks that are coming to play? What are the, the beliefs or limiting beliefs that are gonna hold them back? For me, it was, I'm not a morning person. So I had to handle that and teach you how to beat the snooze button. And then it's okay, now that I, I'm convinced, I gotta wake up early, like this is a game changer for me, or it could be, I now know how to do that. I like, I know to get over the obstacles that could hold me back. Well, what do I do during that time I wake up? And then that's where the savers came into play, right? So those are the three parts of what your book needs to do. That needs to sell them on why and the benefits of what they're going to do. It needs to teach them how. And the how is as important as the what to do. It's the what not to do or what to do to be, to prevent the, the potential roadblocks or distractions. And then it's the, okay, now that I'm doing it, how do you, you know, give me the, the step-by-step formula and make it simple, hold their hand, make it easy. It's so great. So how do you practice that in this new book, The Miracle Equation? Yeah, it was harder, right? I mean, yeah, so, so, but, it's, but it's a great question. So I didn't reinvent the wheel. I was going to just put the mirror, I thought, well, I'm just going to teach them how to filter the miracle equation through the sabers, right? And, and, and I do that in, like, I wrote a book called Miracle Morning Millionaires, What the Wealthy Do Before 8 a.m. That Will Make You Rich. And it was how do you apply the miracle morning to becoming wealthy, right? And so we just took the sabers and we're like, all right, well, for your silence, here's like ways you can meditate to embody the feelings of deservedness for you to become wealthy, because most of us don't have that. We just think we're deserving of whatever everyone around us is like, oh, everybody's broke, I'm broke, great. Or everybody's average, I'm average, great. Middle class, okay, cool. Right, so so starting with it. So we filtered and then creating affirmations that affirmed what level of wealth you are committed to, what's your specific outcome, um, what are the actions that you have to, why is that, sorry, here's a four-step affirmation formula, by the way. Okay, I'm gonna give, this is bonus, this is really, I believe, I believe the affirmations have been taught wrong over the years. Either lie to yourself, I'm a millionaire. You know, I am this, I am that, where you're trying to trick yourself into believing you're something you're not, right? Lying will always, you know, be not ideal and the truth will always prevail. The second problem is that affirmations use this flowery passive language where it's like, money flows to me effortlessly. Like, no, it doesn't. I, you work hard for your money. I work hard for my money. It's not, we're not money magnets, right? But the secret will tell you, you're, be a money magnet and it'll just fly into the, right? No. So here are the four steps, great affirmations that produce 
tangible, measurable miracles like I talk about in the new book. Number one, what outcome you're committed to. Not the one you want. We all want to be wealthy. We want to be healthy. We want to be happy. No, I'm committed to becoming a millionaire. I'm committed to losing 20 pounds. I'm committed to running a marathon on this day, right? So number one is what you're committed to. Number two is why it's deeply meaningful to you. It's the whole Simon Sinek, right? I mean, the why is where we get leverage. Like I wanted to be wealthy for, since I was like, you know, 19 years old. I didn't get what I would call wealthy until I was in my 30s. And it wasn't until I had a child at age 30 that all of a sudden I added to the get rich so I can buy stuff, you know, and have freedom to travel. So I'm like, wait a minute. I now am responsible for a wife and a daughter, and I owe it to them to provide financial security and freedom for our family. That got me up in the morning to figure out whatever it took to make that wealth happen. Number three is, what are the specific actions that you'll take to move you toward that outcome? And pretty much make it inevitable, like the book talks about, like how do you make it? So if you do these things, you can't not get there. You wanna lose weight and you burn more calories than you take in, unless you have a genetic you know, defect, like you're going to lose weight, right? It's inevitable. So what are the actions? And then, and then number four is when will you take those actions? So those are four steps to creating affirmations that will produce measurable results. It's not just make you feel good and whatever, right? So in the book, I simplified it. I went, okay, what, you know, instead of putting the whole miracle morning in there, which I almost did, I decided to take what I feel is the single most important and effective practice, which I just taught you, so we already, you already got it. It's affirmations. Because affirmations are the most concrete. When you write your affirmations the way I taught you, they are a blueprint and a roadmap for what you need to focus on, why you're focusing on it, what specific actions you must take, and when you will take them to ensure that your biggest goals move from possible to probable to inevitable, which is the subtitle of the book, and that's it. So once you learn the miracle equation, I mean, two big things. Number one is it gives you a template to create your affirmations that are in alignment with all of the you know steps in the book of creating your mission and these different things. And then last but not least is not reinventing the wheel. What I believe made the miracle morning so effective was the, a 30-day challenge at the end. And what that did is it gave people a 30-day commitment to make the behavior change something that would be installed in their life and be lasting. And I cannot tell you. I mean, the 82,000 or 43,000 people a month that opt in, they're mostly opting in for the Miracle Morning for the 30-day challenge bonus. Like it's a worksheet where, and a tracking sheet and, and it's got all of it, right? So I didn't reinvent the wheel. I put a new version, but I mean, you know, a, a model version in the Miracle Equation of a 30-day challenge. And here's, this is kind of one of the last, well, I might say more, but here's the last thing I'll kind of say to wrap this up okay. is the, like I said, the, the decisions of the Miracle Equation are deceptively simple to explain, but, but rarer than in execution. It's develop, develop unwavering faith and put forth extraordinary effort. However, here's the thing is, it's not about understanding like, well, yeah, I get that. No, 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 no. This book is gonna teach you how to do it. It's going to walk you through it the same way that mil- over a million people that have never been a morning person in their entire life now wake up at six or five or four or whatever every day. It's not that they didn't know that waking up early might be good, it's that no one gave them the method for implementation. That's what this is about. So imagine that, you know, 30 days from now, you don't just know about it. You actually are now approaching every opportunity in your life, your biggest goals and dreams through the lens of unwavering faith that you can have, be and do anything that you want, no matter how long you haven't been able to get it. And then you're now putting forth extraordinary effort every single day that feels ordinary, which is what I do in there is make it ordinary so that you are making progress. And that as long as you keep following the process, your success, it's only a matter of time. You know, and that was a miracle morning. 
I didn't know if it would take me one year or 30 years. I just knew that I was committed to create that miracle. And it took me about two years to have it really you know, start to, to bear fruit. I love that. And obviously more of the miracle equation on uh, the YouTube video that we did with Hal earlier. And one final thing, because this is great, by the way. Thank you for sharing all oh, your secrets you. here. The other interesting thing about the Miracle Morning is that there are derivatives of this book. There's a Miracle Morning for real estate. College students, college salespeople, uh, parents and families. All the things. Entrepreneurs. Tell, yeah. me, tell me about your thought process in taking this main book and then turning it into a bunch of subsets of books. Yeah, and I'll tell you why you should or should not do that or when you should or should not do that, right? So not everybody should do it? No. Well, not no, but timing is what matters. Okay. So when Miracle Morning, it was very organic. I, like I had the idea of a series just because Chicken Trip with the Soul. I mean, it was there far in the back of my head. Sure. But one of my a former colleague called me a few months after, maybe, I don't know, six months after Miracle Morning came out. And uh, his name is Ryan Snow. He's one of my co-authors. And he said, Hal, hey, um, since I've done Miracle Morning, like the practice, read the book and done the practice, he goes, my sales have skyrocketed. He said, so I bought it for everybody on my sales team. And it's like 90% of our almost everyone, if not everyone has read it, their sales have skyrocketed. So he's like, it's, I like literally have measurable results since they got the book, their sales went up. He said, if you thought about doing a series like Miracle Morning for salespeople, where you customize the content and the affirmations, everything for salespeople. I said, not salespeople specifically, but I vaguely thought about doing like a series. And I said, you want to co-author it? And he said, sure. And so I was like, all right. So we started down that road. And then I don't know how long, a few months later, somebody, a top real estate trainer reached out, uh, Michael Mayer, actually and Michael Reese, there was two of them that reached out and they're like, hey, Miracle Morning, we're teaching it at our, like in our events and stuff. Um, have you thought about doing Miracle Morning for real estate agents? Like you're the second person that asked me and I called both of them like, hey, would you guys be up for all of us co-authoring it? Like we're all, you know, just reach more people and they're like, sure. Mm -hmm. So that's how it started to roll out. And then I hired a book uh, or I didn't hire, I partnered 50-50 with Honoré Quarter. And Honoré Quarter is a prolific writer. She's published 30 or 40, but I can't even keep track. Yeah, she's been on the YouTube channel before. Before, actually. oh, that's Long right, time. I saw that. Yeah, Only you guys were in New York or something, weren't you, or somewhere? Yeah, we were doing some events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Honoré and I serendipitously connected. I said, hey, and she had written a book series for single moms. And I said, and now she's more of a business writer, but I said, hey, do you want to talk about like partnering on a book series? Because like you've done it already. And you know, so long story short, you know, we've written 13 or 14 books in the series now. They're each co-authored with each co -authored. you and somebody else. So, so yeah, the beauty of that here, if for, for business model, this is beautiful. So I'll tell you the business model real quick, and then I'll tell you why and when to do it or not do it. The business model is I network, right? I go to events and, you know, and, and be on podcasts, whatever. And when I meet somebody that I think would be a good fit for a co-author, then I tell them about the book series and I propose, you know, uh, I met Cameron Harold at, uh, uh, mastermind talks, right? And then I met him again at Genius Network and we talked and he did Miracle Morning for Entrepreneurs, right? I, Joe, Joe Polish, I met. So the point is I, I meet the co-author and I court them, see if they're a good fit, learn their values, learn their heart, make sure they fit. And then if they are interested, I used to send them a PDF. Now it's a website and you can go model this. Go to miraclemorning.com forward slash co dash authors, I think. If not, Google miraclemorning.com. Yeah, yeah. So co-authors, forward slash co-authors. And that explains the whole thing. And it says, here's the perks. Here's the requirements. I then introduce them to Honoré once they're like, yeah, I'm in. I'm, in, I'm interested, right? There is a $25,000 co-author fee. Now I started with a $0 co-author fee. And then uh, after we had 25000 if I want to co-author a book series after we've talked and you've kind of told me that that's something we could do together, I pay you twenty five thousand dollars. It'd be twenty four thousand for you, Pat. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but, uh, but that, like, but so you're, yes. you're getting paid. And to let me allow. tell you, that is bold. Let me tell you how that came to be. 
right? Like I always, whenever I, whenever I do anything, I always want to like tell people how much insecurity I have as a human. Like I'm a normal person. I'm afraid of, I'm nervous. I'm you know, afraid of getting rejected, all this. It was a coach that convict with conviction said, how like I was coaching with him when we were working on the salespeople and the real estate book, the first two. He's like, tell me about your whole Miracle Morning brand and book and all this and the series. And I told him, he said, so he goes, do you charge a fee for someone to co-author in your series? I said, no. He said, you should charge at least 10 grand. I'm like, you know, swallow like, uh, 10, who's going to pay me 10 grand, you know? And then they do the work. <clears throat> yeah. And then they write the book. So yeah, the way this series worked, by the way, here's another important tip. If you're going to do this is I wrote the first four chapters or I think four chapters of the book. And I basically took the original and it took me like, you know, a hundred hours or 50 hours. It took me a long time to, I took the entire original book and I put it in the first four chapters. And then I made a bunch of blanks. Like if you're a blank, here's why affirmations are important. Then the co-author goes in and they go, if you're an entrepreneur, you need affirmations help you to blank, right? So the whole thing's templated. It's, it's, it's blank, a lot of blank lines, but it sums up the entire first book. And this was my question. And if you're doing a series, you have to think about this. My concern, my, my fear was, how am I going to create a book series where it has enough of the original book that if someone's never read the original, they're going to be sold as well as they were in the original, that they should actually do this, but not make it feel like the entire book is just the original book with the name, you know, changed to realtor or whatever, right? Yeah. And so, and this is, I think we nailed the formula and it took a long time. It was the first four chapters, sum up the entire original book, and it handles those points of why should you do this? How do you do this? And what do you do when you do this to maximize it? So the saviors end up in that per- in first that, section. Yeah. So yeah, okay. and they're one of the chapters, right? One of the chapters is called, it takes five minutes to become a morning person. It's how to beat the snooze button, right? Yeah. First chapter is like the big picture. So, and then the co-author gets that and they've got six chapters to write of completely original content. And that meant that the majority of the book is, so the first four chapters, even if you've read the original, you're like, a, it's being, it feels like it's like really customized to what the niche you're interested in. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then B, it's a great reminder of the original. And they're like, oh yeah, I forgot. I wasn't, I stopped doing that. Dang it. Right. But then 60, 60%, you're guaranteeing that it's, yeah, it's brand new content, high value, relevant content from these co-authors that have a lot of expertise. So essentially what you're doing is you're kind of franchising the name. Totally. I mean, and allowing for somebody to come in and with the proven formula, put it into that particular niche. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's been, uh, it's been, and, and so we started out. So here's what happened. I had one book in being written. It was the Miracle Morning for Salespeople. And the realtor book, I had talked with one of the co-authors who we were, so we had already agreed verbally to write the book. I get a call right after I meet with my coach. And James Malinchek, by the way, is who was coaching me at that time. And I'm so grateful to James because this series wouldn't, I don't know what it would be without his input. But he said, yeah, Hal, you should charge 10 grand. Like your whole world is building this Miracle Morning brand. Why would they just get a free ride on that? Like, and yes, it's going to benefit you to have them in the series, but you know, you need to, you deserve some money. So, so it was like, it was serendipitous where like two days later, this top real estate trainer reaches out and he tell it was like the most heartfelt call. He's like, Hal, Miracle Morning has changed my life. He's like teared up. And he's like, I read it to my two-year-old son every night. He goes, he doesn't even understand what I'm talking about, but I believe that the energy that you put into that book, the spirit, the intention, I want him to receive it the way I did. And I'm like, my God, I was so moved by it. He said, have you thought about doing a book for real estate agents? I go, we just agreed to that, but you have me so moved. And he said, who are you doing it with? And I told him, he goes, I know Michael Mayer, my other co-author. And I'm like, he goes, would you be up for talking to Michael and see if he would be up for having us do it with him? And yeah, I'm like, gosh, I don't want to step on his toes, you know, but anyway, long story short, he's like, I love that other guy, Michael Reese, you know, so we all did it together. Oh, but oh, here's, so here's the important part. Sorry, I almost forgot. So Michael Reese goes, so is there, I literally did not have the 
cojones to quote anybody 10 grand. I did not, I could not get those words. I never quoted anybody 10 grand for anything, right? I wasn't speaking at that point yet for that much. He said, hey, is there any kind of fee to co-author? I almost said no. And then I heard James's voice, like, you, you need to, st- well, you know, to stand up for what you deserve this. And, and I just went, I'm like, worst case is he says no. And I'm like, I literally, it was hard to get the word. I shut, I'm like, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's $10,000 uh, to co-author. And he's like, oh, done. I'm like, oh, I mean, I, I, I can remember sitting on my couch. I guess I was like, I mean, 20. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, that was too easy. I'm like, how much would you pay you? No, I'm like, oh my gosh. And then right once you get one, you know, and then I'm like, hey, Henri, we just got $10,000 and, and here we go. And then, and then we were off, you know, to the races. And then, and then we did, to, and then it was in the dot. And then here's the beauty of it, right? Because now the dot, if you go to that miraclemorning.com forward slash co-dash author, I don't have to have that conversation of it's $10,000 or anything. Right. I have the go here. And if it's a good fit, and, and by the way, the other requirement is you have to have at least 100,000 followers, either email subscribers, social media that are, you know, engaged followers. So most people, and that beauty of it too is everybody asks me to co-author Miracle Morning Books all the time. And I'm like, hey, yeah, check this out. See if you meet the requirements and if it's, you know, everything else. Out, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. And they're like, oh, and, and I have a lot of people come back and they're like, I only have 10,000 followers. They're like, but I have a goal now. I'm like, mm, that's, that's cool. cool. That's so, yeah. So, so it turns out great. But, and then we raised the fee from 10 to 15 and then we raised it to 20 and then we just raised it to 25 actually. So you'll be the first person to pay 24. Oh, okay. <laughs> So then uh, you had mentioned that this isn't something everybody should do. Is there a specific number or, or something to have a person go, okay, well, maybe I should save the book series for later? Yeah. Talking about and promoting the same thing over and over and over and over and over again for years, most people, is, it's very boring. And they, we want entrepreneurial ADHD. We want something new, something different, chase the new fun thing. I've had a lot of people that they, they publish a book and, uh, and then they call me, they reach out and they're like, hey, I want to do a series now. Like, can you tell me how, about how to do yeah, it? Just like you. And the first question is, I go, how many copies have you sold of your original book? And they'll say um, 800 or 40 or whatever. And I go, okay, let me explain something. Miracle Morning has sold 1.5 million copies and each of the series book sell a fraction of that, a fraction but they take just as much time, money, and energy to promote. And in fact, they then distract from your original book that you're promoting. You know, I mean, you can promote both, I guess. But, but then people are going, which one do I buy, right? I said, so the success of your franchise, of your series, is directly in proportion to the success of the original book. So the point is, after you've gotten the original book to sell 10,000 copies, that's when I would even consider doing a series. So that, I mean, that's the short answer. 10,000 yeah. copies? Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. So. Whew. A lot of great information. You just tapped into the brain of an amazing author, and I'm so amazing. Uh, This is mostly you, man, but look out for The Miracle Equation available all the places there are books. Any final sort of piece of advice for the authors watching this right now? Yeah, commit until. That's it, you know, and commit until. Um, And, 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 you know, I go back to Miracle Equation. Two decisions, unwavering faith and extreme.